Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today we have Liz Harris from Illinois to talk to us about Premier Chapter. So Liz, why don't you start out by introducing yourself? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Liz and I teach at Normal Community High School in Normal, Illinois. Um, my school is about 2,200 students and there's about 110 students in my program. Um, just a little background on the program. Our chapter is only about 10 years old. So we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary here in 2021. So we're a very young chapter. Um, but that, with that being said, when we talk about National Chapter Award, the thing that I want to emphasize is that, you know, you don't have to be a super Your chapter has been along, around for a long time. Uh, this is definitely a, an award program that anybody can get involved with. Awesome. Um, so Premier Chapter is, for me, kind of this elusive competition that not a lot of people, I think, know and understand. So I'm really excited to hear your tips and tricks. And it's, it's a weird format if you think of all the other CDE competitions. Uh, it really starts at the chapter level and at the program of activities. And so um, let's start there. Uh, how do you, and as a young chapter, I'm excited to hear um, how you're doing this. How do, how do you start POA planning with your kids? Well, and when I was getting started, it was really hard to figure out where to start. You know, it's a big beast and just trying to find out what is the most important parts. And really, it's just to get started. And when you first get started, especially if you're a young teacher, you start really small. Um, I, when I started, we had zero activities. We, we didn't do the national chapter or we didn't do premier chapter when, before I got there. So we had to start from the bottom up and it's just starting with activities, small activities. And, you know, even it, I, the thing that I always think about when I do talk about national chapter is it doesn't have to be this big over the top type of activity. Um, we talk about some of the activities that my chapter's been really successful with, they've been super small. They've just been creative and unique. So, you know, I, I just want everybody to keep that in mind is it, it's not having to have the biggest event. Yeah, and <laughs> go ahead, Brianna. I was just gonna say, I think that's super important to remember because especially if you're just starting out, like the national chapter application and POAs in general are a pretty big beast to tackle. And I think a lot of teachers think I need to do it all or I need to do nothing, but kind of hearing you should just start out small is, is awesome. Yeah. And for those of you listening, POA's program of activities. If you're not an ag teacher, that might be an acronym that doesn't come right to mind, but uh, it is, it's, it's kind of intimidating. Even I've been teaching for eight and a half years and it's still intimidating. So um, can you explain like your layout? So are you, is it just your officer team POA planning? Uh, how do you incorporate more members to give you all those cool ideas and get that buy-in? How are you using committees and committee chairs to kind of move this document forward? 
So I started again, very small. We started with a traditional officer team. So president on down. And then about four years ago is when we really um, converted over to more of a leadership team and a committee structure. Um, this past national convention, we were pretty successful with a national chapter award. And what we actually did for the 2018, 2019 year was each of the students that was on our leadership team was also the chair of their own committee. And for us, it didn't necessarily align with each of the areas in the national chapter award, but more in more broad areas. So we had a communications committee, we had an advocacy committee, we had a financial committee that, that worked with fundraising. So we had seven students on the leadership team that year, and there were seven different committees that each student was a part of uh, that was in the program, and they met during our lunch hours. So we wanted to, to choose something where students could, you know, be involved without having to be involved outside of school. How big is your leadership committee? Like how many students you on average have? So we will range anywhere from uh, six to 10, and that, and that varies based on the year. Some years we, we have a smaller team, and some years this next year we're at nine. So we kind of keep that open in our chapter constitution, so that way we can have that flexibility. Um, but it's really about which students can best lead our chapter. So, when you're looking at that national chapter award and i know every state does it differently so in illinois when you guys submit yours to the state level can you walk us through how you guys are selected and honored at, as a chapter for the national chapter award and then um how does that move on to the national competition for judging sure uh, so in Illinois, we all submit our application, and then those are actually judged by industry professionals and ag teachers um, to determine our state rankings. So we have um, gold, silver, and bronze at the state level, which is very similar to the three-star, two-star, one-star at the national level. Um, but then we have sections in Illinois, so we have local, and then we have districts, and then we have state. So Within our state, we will have a winner for each section, and then we will have some overall winners in each of the three categories of the National Chapter Award, and then overall. So we have a couple different levels there, uh, but when it comes to then moving on to the national level, for any state, they choose the top 10% from that state to move on. Um, and then each state has that, and then when you get to the national level, you'll have three star, two star, one star, the top third or three star, then two star, and then one star, pretty close to that. So um, if you're thinking about statistics, you know, when, once you get to the national level, it's really, you know, the top uh, 250 to 300 chapters are in three star and then the middle and then the bottom. Okay, so um, if I'm a, if I'm a young teacher or just starting out, maybe I haven't done the national chapter application before. Um, why should a program or why should I even fill out that national chapter application? For me, you know, it's, it's less about the award and more about giving students the opportunity to set goals and then, you know, go through the process of actually planning to meet those goals. 
And that's something that's really big for students in, in my chapter. We do a lot on goal setting across the program. And it's really great to see students take the ideas that they have and put those into action. Um, I always say that, you know, I will never shoot down a student's idea at the beginning. You know, I might ask them a lot of questions to get them to realize, oh, maybe I can or cannot actually do this. So, um, you know, it, it's all about that planning. It's all about, okay, we might want to do this really big event, but can we actually carry that out? And that's where we start with everything within, within our chapter. That's a good point. And, you know, how I, I mean, I know my kids have some pretty, pretty lofty ideas sometimes. So how do you take those ideas and, you know, you have your POA, like you said, you have these big broad categories and they're going to cover a huge area, but right. then how do you narrow it down for the national chapter award where you're only looking at the three categories and how do you and your students hone in on what is going to best showcase your students in your program and their work? I'll personally say that I never, we, and the kids know this, we never decide to do an activity because it's on the national chapter award. You know, we, we decide to do an activity and then if it fits in the national chapter award, great. If it doesn't, you know, that can still be a really great activity. It's just, it's not going to fit within there this year. So, you know, when we, when we go through the planning process, it, that's the national chapter awards, not first in our mind. You know, in general, we have an idea of, you know, what types of events we need to fit in there, but I can't say that we've ever said, okay, we're going to do this event because it's on the National Chapter Award. Um, but when it comes to really planning for those events, it's starting really small. And the goals that end up on that National Chapter Award, there's only three goals. Whereas we might have a bunch of goals that are going to lead up to that. And those might not be the initial goals that we start with. We might start really, really small. And then once we have met some smaller goals, then we're going to have that larger goal that eventually goes on the application. Okay, so that's kind of good to hear too. I think oftentimes um, teachers kind of have that backwards where it's like, I need to fit the national chapter application and um, you know, you might have students that want to do something that maybe doesn't fit on there, but still encouraging them to do it and um, going forth with that activity, I think is a good idea to do as well. Um, and when you're thinking about that national chapter application, do you have any tips and tricks for writing that application? I know sometimes it can get kind of lengthy and um, yeah, I guess we would just love to hear your thoughts on the application itself. Yeah, I will actually give you um, a sample that you can share with your listeners. But one of the things that I keep in mind when doing the National Chapter app is following the rubric. Uh, and that's where I would start with. You know, one of the things on the rubric, it says exactly what you need to do to be in the high category versus the middle category versus the bottom. And what that starts with is, you know, making sure that you're hitting each of those targets that's on there. So one of the things that I'll do is it'll ask you, you know, does this application mention the who, what, when, where, why? And on our applications, we always are very um, specific with those. We will list who, and this is who is going to do it. What are they going to do? This is how and we list it out. And then when it comes to the how, we have a step, a step-by-step -step list of what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Um, the biggest thing I would say, my, my advice is data is really important. 
knowing the number of people that are going to be involved, knowing the number of people that are impacted, what percentage did you reach your goal or exceed your goal by? Um, that's been something that's been really successful. Um, and that's been something that's been really hard. I think when it comes to teaching students to put that specific data in because they want to be fluffy. You know, if you think about when they're in English class, it's all about how much they can fluff something up. But really when it comes down to it, it's, can they list the data and can we see exactly who this is making an impact on? Yeah, and, and I've had the opportunity to judge and that's really helped, that's helped me help my students. And I think when you mention about your activities and they don't have to be this huge, this huge thing to be recognized, I mean, it's, it's true because, um, you know, I, we also had the opportunity to pre present a premier chapter as well. And we were, we were blown away that we even got picked, but it's not about how much money you made or how many people attended. Um, it's about how you write the application and like you mentioned that impact. And so um, they break the national chapter up into three divisions. So you have growing leaders, building communities and strengthening agriculture. And Liz, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it goes back to that POA planning. And if you take the time to help your kids focus on the POA, then it's automatically going to flow nicely into the t national chapter award if you're choosing to do it. Um, so it's a lot of planning, but if you're focusing on all of the uh, national quality program standards, you're going to be able to fill out the national chapter award with your kids. As a judge, it was crazy to see the uniqueness um, across the board. You actually sit with a group of three people at a table. Now they're now moving to online judging. So this is going to look different. I'm hoping to get to, uh, to participate in that this year. That's going to be the beginning of August. But at the time it was in person and you would sit at three people to a table and I would just judge one of the categories and the person next to me would judge another category and the, the next person would judge the third category. And so I would judge the three activities in growing leaders my next person would judge the three activities in building communities and so on. That application then gets moved back and then judged by a whole nother set of judges. So it's crazy behind the scenes. I wish all ag teachers could see it and be a part of it because it really helped us see, like Liz said, get rid of the fluff because that's what we were doing is all this fancy fluff and they have character, you know, they have a character count when you type that in and, you know, sometimes it hurts to, there's, you know, 175 characters left, but you, if you have all the detail there, that's okay. Leave those characters there because before I know personally, I don't know, Liz, what you think, but we were filling that up with stuff that just really didn't need to be there. So. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, we don't always use necessarily the whole box, um, but there are there are tips. I, I, I would say some of the tips that I would say is you want to put things in that are going to pull that activity off the page. So a creative title, you know, it might be something I remember two years ago we had you know, it just I, well, I'll look at our our premier activity that we were chosen for. It was a pet supply drive. Well, a lot of people can do pet supply pet supply drives, but we called it towels for health because the number one thing that we were getting were towels and it kind of just, you know, that's something that's memorable. 
when someone's judging. Um, so we'll do that uh, using capital letters just to pull it off the page. When we do the who, what, when, where, why, you know, we use capital letters. So that way it, it, it's very exact and you can see, okay, it's here. Um, it's just, it's the little things like that that can just set, you know, your application apart from others. You mentioned at the national level, they'll look and they'll, they judge them and rank them as a three, two, and a one star rating. Mm -hmm. Is anybody eligible for premier chapter or do you need a certain rating for that? So premier chapter and model of excellence, those both, um, those both pull from the three star category only. So you have to be in that top echelon. And then from there, they'll choose you know, there's, there's 10 chapters that are in each of the three categories for premier chapter and then 10 chapters for the model of excellence. So you know, those might overlap a little, but in general, there's going to be 40 chapters from that, let's say 250 or 300. So the best of the best. So really a huge emphasis on your application has to be great throughout the whole thing. And I don't know if that's always apparent to people either. Um, you can have one amazing activity that maybe should be a premier chapter activity, but if you don't get that three-star ranking, it doesn't go on the running. And that was something when I judged for the first time, I was blown away by. Because as a judge, you're told, if you see a cool activity, flag it with a sticky note, which there you go. There that's the fancy tools we used were sticky notes, but you flag them. And then later on, um, the committee that's put together by national FFA, it's, you know, ag teachers that run that they then pull out all the applications that have flags that are also three star. So think of all those applications that sat there with sticky notes that never got looked at again for premier chapter. So yeah. uh, it's the whole application which is, you mentioned it, you got to check out that rubric. And I would say, don't be discouraged if you have a great activity and it isn't chosen. Um, Towels for Health has been on our application for five years. And this is the first year that, you know, it was selected. So, you know, I always tell pe people, especially young teachers, when they ask me, don't completely change what you're doing to fit this application. Don't have eight new activities in a year to fit it. You know, I, we always go by the method of we're only going to have one or two new activities each year and we're going to keep the other ones the same because we have to be realistic. We can't be doing new things all the time. Um, we, we start small and we, we make slight changes and we, we don't really change a whole lot um, from year to year, but just making little adjustments here and there to fit what, what our needs are. Well, and I would say too, you know, from my short experience working on the national chapter application and POA, there's some activities that the community looks forward to every year, or the school really wants us to do, um, or the kids just love doing it. And they've been looking at that activity since they were in elementary school and, and thinking about how much fun it was. So by the time they get to be an officer, we want to still continue that. So I would say that's, that's an important thing too, is kind of start with your tried and true methods and activities that you always do and then kind of add from there or maybe take away one that wasn't very successful last year or um, something like that. Yeah, and when you look at it, uh, it's not that every activity that you do has to be innovative. 
it's every activity has to be complete and has to be well thought out, but you only need a couple ones that are really super innovative. And I think about, you know, the ones that I think are going to be the most successful aren't the ones that are most successful. And I think if you think back to 2018, um, it was, our chapter started the FFA 10 gallon challenge and we're like, oh, this is going to be a really great activity. Well, little did we know, you know, everybody else was going to do it and then everybody else put it on their application. So this really innovative activity that we thought we had ended up being, you know, not as innovative just because a lot of people ended up doing it. So just keeping that in mind. I was blown away that year that you weren't selected for that because I remember it telling Brianna, it's like, yeah. that's, she's, they got it. They, I mean, that has to be it. But you don't know. And the year right. we were selected, we were selected for two areas. And one of them was for Adopt at Texas Classroom. It was not something we started. It was just something that we were a part of. Mm -hmm. And, but the kids loved it. And they, they, you could see that when they wrote that application. So don't write anything out. Um, even the littlest things, like we didn't raise you know, $20,000 for that school or that classroom. We just, um, we just saw a need and we did it. And like you said, it just kind of falls into place. So. Yeah. I look at Talos for Howls was literally the smallest app or the smallest activity we did on our application. We, it was 163 items that we get gained. You know, it wasn't this over the top thing. It was something that was small and unique and the kids like doing it. Um, and that's really all it takes. I think that sometimes is hard too, because you get so like zoned into all the activities that you do. Um, but when other people look at them, they're like, that's really awesome. That's such a cool activity that you might not think, like you said, you did it for five years. Like, you know, there's nothing special about this, but, um, someone thinks it's unique. So that's really cool. One, two, sometimes you... <laughs> you see how passionate your kids are about something. So then you just, you know, carry the torch. And like you said, don't get discouraged if you're not chosen because it's still a great activity. And the whole point of your POA and national chapter is to impact, uh, and impact the community, your students, teachers. And if that, if it's done its job, then it's done its job. So that being said, your national chapter gets a three star and they release the top 10 chapters in all three categories. Um, it gets sent out online and you open the document and you see your name. Now what? Other so than lots of screaming and jumping up and down. <laughs> so last year, literally I had that, that same thought when, when we saw our name on the document, we're like, now what? Um, because we, you know, we, we never expected this to happen. And when you get to that level, the level of knowledge that anybody else has about, you know, premier chapter or model of excellence, there's not a lot of schools that have been in that situation. And I think about in Illinois, we have maybe, you know, three or four schools that have any type of, you know, experience in, in that realm. So when when the kids and I found out that we were we were there, it was like, okay, now what do we do? Um, and one of the things that you will do for a premier chapter and model of excellence is when you get to that top ten, you prepare a uh, presentation that you give at national convention. 
uh, from Premier Chapter, that's like a 10 minute presentation and then Model of Excellence is about 15 minutes. And that that's really all the guidance that you're given. You have to give a presentation about that activity in Premier Chapter or about all your activities in Model of Excellence. And that's really all the guidance that you're given. So it was, um, it was a challenging situation to sit down with kids and how is the best way do, to describe everything that we do in the course of a year in 15 minutes and do it in a creative way. So that was something that was super challenging for me. Nikki, I, I know you've been in that situation. Was that challenging for you as well? Uh, I mean, I felt the same thing. You know, you can go to the website, they give you some tips and tricks, but it is the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done with kids in FFA ever, even as a student, because you don't have those people to lean on. And, you know, I sent a, a message out to my listserv and said, who can help? Who has experience? one person in the state of North Dakota. And that's not because people didn't want to help. It's just, you're right. They don't have the experience. Or if they did, it was so long ago that things have changed. So, and I will say this, uh, and, and maybe you'd feel differently, but I don't know if too many people from other states are as willing to share and be open about the competition as maybe per se, a career development event. Um, I feel like for some reason, this one's kind of tight lipped when you start to ask past people questions about the competition. So we had a hard time just even what's it going to look like? Like map, a, map us out. What is, you know, I know it's 10 minutes. I didn't even know until I got there that I didn't get to see it. Yeah, that was difficult for me. And if you had seen me in the convention hall, there was this little crack in the door and my kids were presenting in the room and I was right there trying to see what was going on. Every um, but, teacher, you walk <laughs> down that hallway and if you saw an adult like this, which you can't see us making our hand gestures, but basically face to the wall, butt out. That's what they were doing because you you work so hard and you just want to see those kids at their proudest moment. And they're like, bye. And then they shut the yep. door. Yep. It was, it was very challenging. And, and you're in the main hallway of the convention center. Like everybody's walking by and um, it, you know, it, it was challenging. And I think about, and it made me laugh, Nikki and Brianna, because when you posted about this podcast, you said that I was going to be spilling the tea. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but our model of excellence presentation, like that was the theme about spilling the tea. <laughs> no, we didn't know that. That's funny. And I was we... saying spill the tea because <laughs> I feel this is something that if you sent something out on Ag Teacher's Chair, Ag Discussion Lab, I don't care, like national lists or whatever, this is the one thing that I don't know if a lot of people would be willing to share all of the tips and tricks and be as open about the competition as, as you are today. So that's why I said spill the tea. That's hilarious. I just, yeah. It, it, and I would say when it comes to those presentations that we did, it was really just working off of the students that were going to be on that team. And I had a group of students that 
they're quirky and they make jokes and they're kind of sarcastic and really that's that's what we worked off of so we came with spill the tea that was the theme and then they just spilled the tea off of each of the different activities and their whole goal was to make the judges laugh and there were a couple of judges that were rolling and there were a couple of judges that had no idea what spill the tea meant and they had to deal with that um but it, it, you know the kids had a good time and and that's really, you know, what I wanted when they came out of that room is that they felt good and they had a good time and they felt like they represented our chapter and, you know, we, we weren't selected and that was okay just to get there is the hardest battle and the kids were super excited. So, you know, when it comes to doing that presentation, you know, I always tell the kids, it's just a culmination of everything you've already done. You know, it's not that you have to be the the most creative or the most out of the box. It's, it's really just taking everything that we've already done and just showing it to a panel of judges. So you've been, you've been saying, you know, kind of these buzzwords and we've talked about what premier chapter is, but could you explain what really models of excellence is? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe there's people that don't know what that is. I don't totally know what that is either. So. Yeah. So I'll explain the difference. Premier chapter, um, is for each of the three categories of the National Chapter Award. So um, uh, growing leaders, building communities, and strengthening agriculture. And then they choose 10 chapters for each of those. Separately, there is a model of excellence. So model of excellence takes a look at everything, all of your activities together, um, and then it's the top 10 chapters for that. So. With Premier Chapter, they're looking at your, you know, one activity. So for us, it was our Howls for Howls, and that was within building communities. And then, you know, there could be other chapters that were with, had other, um, were, were doing activities on other quality standards that were within building communities. But Model of Excellence is basically the top 10. Uh, and that's based off of, countries. that's based off of your score on the rubric. Mm -hmm. So they don't go off of, oh, wow, this Illinois chapter, normal FFA, has this amazing activity in each one. We're going to pick them. It's based on how well you score on the rubric, which obviously if those, those ideas are great ideas. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully you, you score high as well. Uh, but in Premier Chapter, it's like you said, just that one main idea. And I did get a chance to judge that when I was there. So you don't know if you're going to get to judge premier chapter when you do judging, you just know you're judging national chapter after they figure out who's three star. Now who's got the little sticky notes, then they look at what States are there. And that's why I got to judge my area is there was nobody from North Dakota there um, in that area in the pile, because you never get to see anybody from your state. Um, that's even with the national chapter. It's, Liz, did you ever, did you judge? Have you ever judged? I've never judged. I signed up this year. We'll see if I'm able to do it. But yeah, it's, it's usually pretty difficult because I feel like each year, and maybe this has just been since I've been teaching, there's been at least one Illinois school, I feel like, in one of the categories. And, and you know, not very many, but there, there's been one, I feel like. Yeah. In, in those and categories. even if they're in the running, you can't judge. You can right. judge the national chapter award as a whole. You'll never get to judge your own state. So I never saw North Dakota. Um, Liz would never see Illinois. 
But then once they move over to that premier chapter, then they look in the room. They also look at how you've been judging. If, are you consistent? Um, all of this stuff. And then they say, okay, we want you, 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 and you, you're judging premier chapter. And then you move over and you get this pile of applications. They also look at, uh, and we can throw this in our Google Drive with um, all of the resources, but there's also a document that they put together every year of all of the great ideas from the winners and even the people that made the running. So Liz mentioned that they weren't selected as the winner, but they were still highlighted in that document. Us as judges had like, I don't know, the past three to five years or so of those, plus all these applications, and we looked through them. Did somebody repeat something that was already there? Um, if so, then they maybe, you know, did they create it? Did they make it their own? Then, you know, maybe they can be included. And you, you look at all of that and then they choose the top 10. It is so hard. <laughs> they should have all been selected. They were so good. And I couldn't believe how many, they were all different. And that was unbelievable um, to me. So that's the things that you don't see. And you're never going to know. One thing that you need to be aware of is you can, you can get selected in premier chapter in all three areas. You cannot, however, get selected twice in the same area. So if, and you know, we saw that, um, if normal FFA had two awesome areas in strengthening agriculture, they could only be chosen for one. And because, because the normal FFA members and officers chose that to both be under strengthening agriculture, we as a committee can't say, well, it's so good. Let's put that one over to growing leaders because it could also fall into that category. Nope. So that's happened before where you actually... And you'll never, I mean, you'll never know that, but um, it's just all these little tricks that happen behind the scenes. So, and those were and things that the, I would never know if I wouldn't have judged. Right. The hardest part for my students when they were doing premier chapter and model of excellence is they never knew where they ranked. They know that they weren't number one. They never knew what their score was. They never, and that was difficult because, you know, if you think about every other area, I think within, you know, FFA, we, we know where we're at. You know, if you have a, a CDE team, you know, if, you know, you weren't first, but you know, you were sixth. you know, you, we, we have the data, but in this area, it, that was challenging for my students. So let's talk specifically some do's and don'ts. Like you mentioned um, your kids' personalities coming out in the presentation. From your experience participating with your kids, are there any do's and don'ts that you want to share with others if they're selected? Mm -hmm. I'd say do's and don'ts, you know, you have to be creative. You have to have, I would say for, for both the premier chapter and model of excellence, when you're giving that presentation, you need to come up with some kind of theme. Um, and, you know, talking with some other teachers, you know, there was one school that had a baseball theme one year. We decided to do the spill the tea theme. Um, for our for our Towels for Howls, we did, it wasn't really a theme as much as it was, you know, quirky little, you know, they said possum, or they said, you know, they, they use little, 
you know, dog related, you know, funny little things to add in, but it, it's being something that's it, not a dry presentation. You know, if you're, if you're presenting about 15 different activities, um, or I guess nine different activities, you know, you have to break it up and you have to be engaging and you have to be, there has to be a little bit of humor and there has to be a little bit of creativity. Otherwise it just becomes a really dry presentation. So, and what was great with, with, my kids is they were able to throw it from one student to the other and you know they kind of had a little banter back and forth when they were doing that so you got to make it fun for the kids and you know when you do that it becomes really engaging um i would say as far as other tips and tricks you do have the choice of how you want to present it we presented it with a powerpoint um and i would say on our powerpoint we had hardly any words it was all pictures. It was all, you know, so they could see what that activity looked like. So, um, it, and that would be my biggest piece of advice is it's not about, you know, having a PowerPoint with all the statistics, you know, you can talk about those, but they don't need to be on the slide. You want to give them a real good image of what that activity or activities looks like. And would you kind of say the same for both the premier chapter and models of excellence, kind of the same kind of theme of do's and don'ts? Yeah, I'd say in general, um, it was hard for premier chapter to, and I take that back. I think I said it was 10 minutes. It's actually eight minutes. And I felt like it was hard for the students to find a way to fill all that time on one activity. But then on the other side, when we were trying to talk about everything, it was, it was hard to, to really give each activity its full justice without just mentioning, oh yeah, we did this. Um, so it's, it's finding, there were some activities where the students talked more on because it was a really unique, cool activity. And then there were some activities, uh, for example, we have a, a, an auction each year. Well, there's many chapters that will do some kind of auction. So we didn't talk about that, that activity as much because it's you know, not something that's super unique. Yeah. Do the judges get, oh, sorry, Nikki. No, go for it. Do the judges get to ask questions after the presentation? Yes, and that I will say is the most stressful part for the students because they're like, "Well, what are they going to ask?" And I'm like, "Well, honestly, it, it's really based off of what you say and something that catches their eye." So my tips for you know chapters that are preparing is get your students in front of as many people as possible before you get to nationals and have them just ask questions. Um, so I would say the, week, the couple weeks before convention, my students gave to you know, five or six different groups where they could just have questions asked to them. And, and make sure it's people who don't know a lot about your activity because when I watch my kids, and I get, I feel the same way when I listen to my kids present their egg sales presentations or ag communication. It doesn't matter when you see it so often, you're not going to catch the things that need to be improved. So your school board members, your advisory committee, your FFA alumni, maybe you bring in um, parents of other members, their own parents. My kids, that was the hardest presentation they ever gave was in front of their very own parents and grandparents. That should have been the easiest, but that got them nervous and afraid. And that was the best way to replicate what nationals was going to be. And well, 
there's there's no I can't even explain how nervous we were mm -hmm. um you can't replicate that but that's the best that you can do and those types of people are going to be able to ask the questions that a group of judges who have never seen your kids before are going to start to ask so other ag teachers I know on the way down to national convention we we stopped at different hotels and the ag teachers traveling with us um, we're more than willing to listen and it was that was so helpful and I just remember sitting back thinking how didn't I think of that question but when you're so close to it you don't yeah I would I would agree as many people as you can get them in front of we gave presentations in small rooms and hotel rooms and you know anywhere anybody who would listen to us we said okay here we go we're gonna give the presentation ask us some questions and and that was what really made the difference for the kids um, you know when they got to that level and I will say I will agree it was the most nerve-wracking you know we've had kids compete at the national level in contests this was very the stakes were way higher and the kids knew it and you know I really think that the kids rose to the occasion um, the thing that was kind of hard for me is the group of kids that planned all these activities and that were on the team that implemented them they all graduated so this was it was it was a different group of kids that were really our next generation I had a couple sophomores that were on our presentation team along with a couple students who were on the team with the others but it really helped you know that next generation see the impact that the that the generation before them had and you know they're really rising to the occasion now when they're becoming leaders of the chapter and that being said how you know once you're selected as a winner how many kids get to present and how do you as an advisor and a leader in the chapter choose who does that when many of these activities it takes a huge group of students to make happen yeah that was super hard because um i will say when we started it, well for for model of excellence you get three students and for premier chapter you get two and i will say that you know of the group the five students that we had presenting there was only one that had actual public speaking experience doing the contest so there was a lot of growing that this group did when we got started but when it came to choosing who was going to give the presentation we you know we picked the kids that that was their activity that was the one that they were passionate about you know i think about my two students who did towels for howls they implemented that and they were in charge of it and they were passionate about it um, when i think of model model of excellence we kind of picked students from different who had different interests. So I had a student that was super bubbly and over the top. And then I had a student that when she smiles, like, you know, everybody, everybody is paying attention to her just because, you know, she, she just has a gleaming smile. And it was just picking kids that, you know, kind of bounced off each other and had personality and had, you know, charisma with each other. And that's really how we did it as far as picking. I would say picking was the hardest thing that I had to do. So I'm dying, I'm dying to know. Um, you've mentioned your activity that you were chosen for, and I have to know all the tea about your activity. So can you explain just briefly what your activity was that you were chosen for Premier Chapter, and maybe some suggestions that if a, if a chapter listening would like to implement something similar, uh, how could they do that? 
So the activity we were chosen for for Premier Chapter was Towels for House, and it is basically a pet supply drive. And it, the way that we got started with it is I had students that were volunteering at our um, animal shelter for their SAE, and they really came back and said, hey, you know, the shelter needs these things. How can we help? And that's how we got started five years ago, is we put together a list of what the, what the shelter needed, and then we just asked students, teachers, families, you know, do you have any of these things? And one of the things was, towels that were gently used or even towels that are well used you know they need towels for many different things at at the shelter and blankets um, so we started there because everybody has old towels in their house that they're not using anymore so we really just asked you know hey if you're cleaning out your your cupboards we, we could use these different things and then from there it really grew where we also included you know pet toys um, if somebody had an old kennel that they weren't using anymore, we just, we wanted, we didn't want people going out and buying things to donate. We, we looked at what could people donate that they already had within their own house. Um, and really the easiest place where we started is we just asked teachers. So the students just asked their teachers when they went around to each um, of their classes one day. And, and that's where the activity grew. Um, when we, you know, when we started it, we wanted to have something that every student could participate in regardless of what kind of time commitment they had you know regardless of what their their individual situation was we wanted something that every kid could be a part in and make a difference with so if you you know if, if other teachers listening to this want to implement this do you have any um, tips on how they could get started with that too yeah so I would start with having your students call your local animal shelters. Um, usually there are, you know, a couple within driving distance of most communities. Ask them what they need. Take a look at their website, see what they need, and develop a list and start from there. And then just asking people, hey, do you have anything to donate for this? Um, one of the things that we did this spring during the shutdown is we had students that um, made little they're, they're like pull toys or tug toys out of old t-shirts. So just thinking, you know, creatively of what things can be donated without a big cost on that. And then just promoting and saying, hey, we're looking for these things. Um, and then maybe having a drop off at, at your school that people can just come and drop off things. So there's one other question that I, I have. And you, you mentioned... Um, you know, being out of school at the end of school year because of COVID and distance learning. If your kids create an activity and they have a goal and maybe they don't meet that goal, is that okay? I mean, I know obviously on the application there's, it says met and unmet. So how do you showcase to kids and how do you showcase to judges on that application if you have a goal that was unmet? Yeah, and that happens from time to time. I know that we had a couple of them this spring because of COVID and, and it's, it's okay to not meet your goals as long as you know this is the reason why, you know? For example, our auction this year, it was supposed to be right when COVID happened, you know, right when it started. And, and we had to say unmet because we couldn't, we couldn't have that. That doesn't dock you on the application as long as you can explain why. And kids need to know that they're not going to reach every single goal that they set, 
It's about being resilient and being, you know, okay, I didn't meet this, but here's why. It's not because, you know, somebody else, you know, it's not because some this this happened or this happened. Here's the reason why I didn't meet it. And here's what I need to do moving forward to be able to reach it in the future. And I think that's so important. Like you talked about goal setting a lot, and I think that's really important for our kids. Um, and I also think what you touched on, on saying that um, really that activity you were highlighted for, you saw a need, and then you figured out how we can meet that need. And, and same thing with Nikki with her Adopt-a-Texas classroom. Um, and I think that's really what national chapter application and POA should really be about, is finding those needs in your community and, and figuring out how you can meet those needs. The last tidbit before we start to wrap up is there's photos for every activity. Now, I don't know about you, but you get to pick one photo and you get to create one caption. So what, what things do you and your kids really focus on when you're choosing the best photo for the, the national chapter application? And how do you really highlight additional, additional information that wasn't on the previous goal page in that caption to put that activity over the top? Yeah, I will say that it's always the hardest trying to choose the pictures because my students will tell you that I take so many pictures. I have like 20,000 pictures on my phone and they're all of my students. Um, so when it comes to choosing that picture, it's really about what's going to be, you know, the most impactful to help the, the viewer of the application understand what the activity is. You know, activity, you know, photos that work really well are where the kids are doing something when you can get a, a good number of kids in a shot, but it's an action photo. It's not, you know, us standing, it's not us standing in front of, you know, wherever we're doing the activity and having a group shot, it's, it's really, you know, when you can see the kids doing it. And then when it comes to the caption, it's not necessarily that it is just a caption of the photo. I always, we always start with that. We always start with, you know, in this photo, these kids are doing blank. Well, then we go in and we add a little bit more information. And there's times where we'll add something additional that's not on the back on the page before, but a lot of times we'll reiterate some things just because when it comes to, you know, really something sinking in, people have to hear it a couple of times. So we keep that in mind or where we can reemphasize something or if there's something where, yeah, it didn't fit, that caption is really the best place to put that. And really where, you know, I think a lot of judges end up starting with that picture and then start and then going back and seeing, okay, what is everything that we're doing here? Yeah, and I, and I think that is maybe an area that people take for granted and they focus too much of in this photo we're doing when it should be, you know, highlight what's happening in the photo, but then look at those goals and what's part of the story that you didn't get to tell because it doesn't fit in the goal plan of action and uh, results section. And so basically how, what more information does the judge need to really say, you know what, this, let me put a sticky note on this one, you know, and help them paint a picture. Cause they do. A lot of judges will flip to that picture and see 
oh, look at them. They got towels and there's this cute puppy dog. And if you can give them more details that explains how this is happening, that's, that's going to really, really going to help your, your points for sure on that rubric. But can you briefly, before we wrap up, um, can you highlight the information that you gave to us? You mentioned it earlier. What do you have for listeners um, that we're going to throw in our Google Drive? Yep. So what I gave is really a sample of how we set up each activity on our National Chapter Award. You actually have our activity for Towels for Howls that we were selected for at the national level. So you get to see it in, in the way that the judges saw it. And then it also goes through and you can see just the format um, that's really been successful for our kids uh, as they move through this, this process. So if anybody has any questions, um, once they see that, I'd be more than happy to, um, to answer those if you wanna get in touch with me. Um, Nikki, should I give them my email or would you like to put that in yeah, why don't we, we'll throw that in a document in the Google Drive as well. So if somebody's listening to this in the future that uh, isn't listening to it live as it comes out, um, they'll have access to that. So uh, that feedback, my friends, does not come easy when it comes to premier chapter and models of innovation. So if you are interested, um, definitely take Liz up on that offer and uh, get that feedback and help your kids. So. Uh, we will throw that in there. We're also going to put some resources that National FFA has that's already created for you and your kids to work on program of activities planning and that premier chapter, national chapter work so that you can start small, like Liz says, and build that foundation that your kids need to hopefully someday, someday be chosen for one of those uh, prestigious things. So uh, thank you for listening to this, uh, this episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Make sure to like the podcast at Here by the Owl podcast on Instagram and on Facebook.